Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Allahumma salli Allah Muhammad wa Allah Ali Muhammad. Assalamu alaikum. My name is Nadia and this is my podcast channel, Reflections of Truth. Um, I decided to start this podcast with my friend and Imam Maksab after Allah guided me to Islam a year ago now, alhamdulillah. And through my learning and understanding of the Quran and Islam, I realized that there are many people who either have no true understanding of this beautiful religion or have little knowledge or even people with misguided knowledge and understanding that I hope, inshallah, can benefit from our weekly talks and we can give some guidance and enlightenment on various subjects. So with that being said, I would like to start my discussion on how the Quran, a 1400 year old book, has relevance today in 2019. So please welcome Maksab. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. How are you doing? Alhamdulillah. Thank you Alhamdulillah. very much. Okay, so let's jump straight in and let me ask you. The Holy Quran uh, was revealed by God to the final prophet, Muhammad, peace be upon him, through the angel Jibril over a period of 23 years, over 1400 years ago. So how is the Quran still relevant and applicable today in 2019? Well, that's an interesting question because I think what you have to understand first and foremost is the impact of Islam um, in its in its essence. Sure. So when you understand from the perspective of how Islam came to be, you truly start to get uh, or start to build up a respect for the Holy Prophet, for his Holy Family, for his true companions, and the sacrifices that went in to preserving mm-hmm. the truth. And, you know, it was never really about bloodshed. It was never really about, you know, the bloodshed that happened, the wars that took place, you know, they were essentially inevitable. You know, they could not be avoided because of the hostility towards what was being propagated at that time was true. I mean, you know, we're talking about Islam, a religion where all of the communities of, of the old scriptures, both the, the Christians and the, um, the and the Jews also would coexist together. Yeah. You know, and would trade together. And, you know, Islam itself is not a religion which inhibits uh, trade. You know, it's one that explores commerce and explores commercialization and explores you know the abundance of what god has given us and really what it is and what we're talking about is the impact of a human being today as a person as a young muslim in 2019 how do we engage with a book that we've only been told by our parents that it's really important exactly yeah leaders oh it's important but then when we go to engage with it we feel like we have to become scholars ourselves, right? Because that's a misconception, but that's not built by anyone actually saying that. It's only built by our own fears of engaging with what the truth is in there. Um, and I think the beauty of the Quran itself is it's such a wonderful text. And yeah. I think if you do explore that yourselves um, from the perspective of the literary sort of uh, the literal analysis, you know, in terms of the, the linguistics of the Quran, the way that it's spoken, the way that it's read, you look in terms of the scientific miracles in the Quran, um, or what's revealed 1400 years ago, things that could not have been known um, until we, we have now, in 2019, have reached a, a certain pinnacle of technology mm-hmm. and discovery in science, which affirms a lot of what has already been discovered in or what is mentioned in the Holy Quran. Um, so there is really a slice of cake for everybody. 
from the Quran. So whether you're looking at it from an aspect of academia or you're looking at it from an aspect of spiritual growth. And fundamentally, I think that's what we really want to talk on with regards to the Quran and this whole podcast series is spiritual growth in the Quran. Because how do we understand how a book that is 1400 years old still has relevance? And it does. It has enormous relevance and it has enormous beauty and it has such love. You know, there is this... because if you think about 1400 years of conquest of you know of reigning of you know but also there is this other side to islam which is about the peace and the love and the growth you know the growth of these civilizations um you know where you know they flourished with wisdom you know they flourished in both the exoteric practices and the esoteric practices and exoteric practices are essentially the external practices of a religion, the, the, the rules and formalities, etc. But the esoteric practice of the deeper inner mystical practices of a religion. And it's both of these together which really show the, the essence of Islam for what it truly is. When these two things come together and you have something of the physical and you have something of the spiritual and they both connect together and it's a constant reminder of God's beauty on how he created us as human beings. Sure. Because every, you know, God loves every single one of you. God loves every single one of you. And that's the reason why he created you. But I feel that because of the kind of pollution of uh, misunderstanding um, and maybe not the right approach being given, mm-hmm. understanding things ourselves and just taking things at face value, right? So our parents are saying, this is what you must do, but not really engaging any further than that. There's no open discourses about Islam happening in the home. So we're seeing a lot of young Muslims going to courses. But the problem is, is that there's an overlap because, you know, what we understand from Islam and especially with what I've been um, exposed to myself and uh, my teacher, um, who, you know, I'm in great debt to with regards to my own experiences um, as a Muslim coming from this same background myself. So, you know, coming into Islam with completely no idea of anything of the true value yeah. Of what it yeah. I was holding on to and then now it's to a point where you know I'm almost compelled you know to explain to people just how amazing God is and how amazing the prophet is and how amazing even the previous prophets were as well you know you really do see a love for humanity yeah in all of their actions and I think that's what we're missing I think so many communities are now because of the lack of mutual understanding mm-hmm. that they're driven on this thing of well, we don't have any understanding, but what we can defend is our differences. Yeah. So they pray like this, we pray like this, we do this and we do that. But we're totally negating the real fact in which, how is it that, you know, with all the differences among the Muslim world, just if we just look at the Muslim world, for example, and all of these differences that we see, how is it that they all still follow the one book? There's no change in the Quran. Mm -hmm. It's the same one, you know. And that's the beauty of it. And I think that's what people are missing is that the truth is right in front of their eyes. And that is really a parable to understanding. Well, what God says himself is that, you know, we, we come to understand that God himself is, is closer to you than your jugular vein. Yet he's 70,000 veils from you, you know, 70,000 veils away from you. Yet he's closer to you than your jugular vein. It's almost like a paradox. And God becomes this, you know, um, this necessity of almost like quantum physics, quantum mechanics, you know, in terms of where everything is nothing and nothing is everything. 
but it, that's a very hard concept to understand, especially at kind of a, um, a, a, a stage where you're just trying to accept the understandings first. And, and really, I think what, what we found, you know, even within our own uh, journey in the, into the Quran is that the depth of the Quran is unbelievable. You know, one ayah of the Quran yeah, has so much meaning and so much relevance and so many layers of truth that it's just, you know, you could talk about, you could give a whole, you could write a whole book, you know, on one ayah of the Quran, if you were to put it in all of its, uh, all of its manifestations. And again, all of these things are centered around truth and peace, nothing about war or killing anybody or harming anybody else. Sure. You see? Are you able um, to give an example or give some examples of how um, it can be applied today in this day and age or what is written in the Quran, how we can apply it to today? I think what we have to understand is um, that in order to understand the Quran itself, firstly, we have to go through a process of understanding what our own spiritual situation is, right? Because if God himself says in the Quran that this is a book for those who believe and are assured in the unseen and then establish prayer. So that's in chapter two of the Quran. Yeah? So one of the opening chapters of the Quran itself, where God is saying to you that it's really important that you believe in the world of the unseen. It's important that you place an element of assurity upon yourself first before you start engaging in the spiritual or mm -hmm. in the religious practices. Because at the end of the day, God doesn't need our prayers, does he? Mm -hmm. Yeah, He's powerful, he's great, he's forgiving, he's loving. He doesn't need our prayers. He doesn't need anything from us. In fact, we rely on him. Him, yes, of course. Yeah? We rely on him. And even, look, if, if, if you were to understand, you know, the, the concept of God's mercy, just think about for one second, the, the, you know, the millions of people around the world billions of people around the world who wake up every morning their respective side of the earth and they wake up in the morning and are able to breathe mm -hmm. yeah, are able to open their eyes and see yeah and are able to hear whatever it is that they can hear in the in the morning or whenever their time of waking up is and then are able to then have nourishment you know and feel good and be prepared for what's to come for whatever their schedule holds if you break it down in terms of the process of you waking up from your sleep. And in all of those aspects, you see that God's mercy has showered upon you, that he allows you to partake in this breathing of this oxygen, yeah, to breathe, to be able to see, to be able to hear. Now, if you ever spoke to anyone who maybe has lost some of these sensory, um, you know, sensory uh, perceptions, what can happen is that you really truly do get an understanding of just how much we as human beings take for granted of what has been already given to us. Yeah. And all of that is from God's mercy, from the Rahmah of Allah. So in the Quran, God speaks uh, before the beginning of every surah, he mentions, you know, before the beginning of every chapter, he mentions Bismillah Rahman Rahim. And that, except one, well, isn't that right? Except one. Yes, that is right. Yes, yeah. of course. So except one, but there is in every other yeah. in every other chapter is mentioned. <clears throat> Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Mm -hmm. So in that notion of understanding, what does that mean? It means in the name of God, the most merciful, the ever most merciful. So then we understand that God himself is, is, is the most merciful, right? But then God is presenting himself as he's the most merciful and the ever most merciful. Mm 
So if we understand that everything in existence, right, from the, the stars in the cosmos, the, 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 the universe around us, the atmosphere, the ozone, the, the, the depths of the ocean, everything around us, you know, even our bodies, also, also, you know, it's itself is a very complicated machine, but it has been created in perfection, God's perfection, right? Because God is perfect. So if we understand and appreciate that all of this that we can see in the physical world is from the Rahmah of Allah, yeah? And that Rahmah is the beginning part of what you begin your recitation with when you're reading, right? So you imagine the power of the Rahman. And that's why, you know, there's a, there's a surah in the, in the Holy Quran, Surah Rahman. Because Allah is calling you to that understanding. That be aware of my mercy. Be aware of my presence. And see the signs and you shall understand. Be inspired by anything. You know, one of my earliest memories was when I was myself. I was in a, I was in a science class. And I was going through the biology book in the class, in the lesson at the time. And they were teaching us about what happens in the mitochondria, how energy is made. And that, in understanding how something so small, something so small as mitochondria, which is a very, very small structure inside of your cell. And that makes, and that is, a, you know, the vehicle in which energy is created. It's, it's the little factory that energy is made in. ATP. And if you understand that within that particular structure, an electron, something that we understand in the modern world as something very small, an electron is moved around that structure in order to create that molecule of energy. That is phenomenal. And God designed that. You know, honestly, you can't help but be in awe, honestly. And all of this, all of that is all from the Rahmah of Allah. Such is the mercy of our Lord. And irrespective of whether you are Muslim, Christian, Hindu, Sikh, anything, whatever, doesn't make a difference. Because you are all God's people. Every single one of you, you have been created by a creator. You are too unique and too special to be created by chance and by, you know, by accident. You know, the human body itself, if you were to look at the layers of the physical body and see that it's made up of so many different systems, the endocrine system, the respiratory system, the blood transport system, the nervous system, you know, all of these, you know, the skeletal system, all of these different systems comprised together to make you, you. That's just the physical part of you. But what about the spiritual part of you? And I think that's what really we want to start to explore because you know, in understanding how do we understand our spiritual self and in understanding what has been given to us as the book of guidance and engaging with it in a way that provokes discussion, not debate, but discussion. Very important. Yeah. You know, and then really, if you understand that all of this is from the Rahmah of Allah and the Rahmah of God, the Almighty, then how can we even begin to perceive what the Rahim is? Because the Rahim is the superlative mercy of God. But only a few are ever touched by this. Few. Yeah. And the reason I say this, because if you look around you in 2019, and maybe many of you listeners may have family members who are going through what you would deem as um, certain psychological conditions. Now, the Quran, and I tell you this as part of our association, 
is that the Quran does have all the answers. But you have to go seeking that answer. You have to actively be in pursuit of that, and yes. God will show you yeah. the way. And that's how we bring about a change in someone's physiological condition, but not by our own efforts, but by God's efforts. You see, we are just essentially just a vehicle which God uses. We are that small structure that God uses to pass his beautiful, abundant grace through. Alhamdulillah. You see, so that's what it is. And I think we, we need to understand ourselves and then we can start to understand the Quran. But the Quran is such an amazing, beautiful thing. And I think all of the communities around the world, you know, uh, all of the Muslims will unite together in saying that, yes, the book of truth is the book of truth. And they all guard it and they all love it. Yeah. And I think, you know, there is this uh, misconception that, you know, for a lot of people who don't understand or are very uneducated, that they think that, oh, it's all about the differences between us. We can't, you know, but God himself says in the Holy Quran, he says, I have made you from different communities so you may get to know one another. In another ayah, God also says as well, he said that if he so, if he had so willed, and this is God we're talking about, he created the heavens the earth and everything in between and everything around okay and he created everything into existence he said be and it was so if we understand that god's power is such then how can we also not uh, understand well god says in the holy quran himself because these are god's words by the way god said himself that if he had so willed yeah that if i had so willed i would have made you all one religion subhanallah yeah god says that so why is this ayah not being discussed when we're talking about world peace, when we're talking about tranquility amongst ourselves? You know, there's so much chaos around us. And I think all of this is spiritual pollution. It's a, it's, it's a spiritual pollution and a spiritual noise, which is affecting your perception on being able to see things clearly. And part of that is because that we have lost sight of our, ourselves. And in essence, the truth. Sure. Because as God says in the Quran quite beautifully, he says, he who knows himself knows his Lord. Alhamdulillah. Um, thank you for uh, shedding some insight onto our discussion this week. Um, mm -hmm. I know you've mentioned um, ourselves quite a few times during the discussion. Um, mm -hmm. So I was going to ask you, with our next topic, we're going to be um, talking um, more in depth about that can you expand a little bit on what we're going to talk about next week yeah sure inshallah of course inshallah. i mean what we'll, next week's discussion would probably be opening up on um the issues surrounding the the common muslim all right the modern muslim mm -hmm. right so the issues surrounding that you, you know we're talking about uh from the aspect of yourself so in understanding you know, what is it truly that's affecting us, um, how we are feeling and why you're feeling that. And I think as we move forward with, with regards to that, then, you know, we can also introduce or reintroduce elements of the Quran as well and engage with it as well. So, again, God, God loves that. You know, God is all about reflecting on his book. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, if you look at the, uh, the Christian kingdom and you look across all the different, you know, the different denominations of the Christians, but they have things like Bible study, right, where they themselves intensely, you know, go back to their books and they go back and they and they read through and they they invoke discussion from passages and talk about different things. And it's a really beautiful way of opening up the heart, yeah, because you're talking about something that God has given. Now, God has laid down 
you know, uh, the, the Injil, you know, the Bible and the Torah. Because for you to be a Muslim, you have to take the Declaration of Faith. And in your Declaration of Faith, you know, it's mentioned that to believe in the one, you have to believe in the angels and then the books. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not mentioned a, a book. It's not singular. It's plural. Because God is talking about the scriptures, the scriptures of truth and righteousness, you see, and all of the books. And when you look at them, you know, in their sort of, in their totality, you can see that there are m- many stories of many people are mentioned, are stories about righteousness, about working in righteousness. And we have to understand that because of the way that we are living today, we have only got ourselves to blame, you know. So I think that's what we'll explore next week, inshallah. Inshallah. Um, that we will look at maybe the the common uh, the common issues surrounding a modern Muslim. Great. Okay. Well, thank you very much for talking with me today, and inshallah, we will speak again soon. You're most welcome. Assalamualaikum. Waalaikumsalam.